welcome to the Birds on the Black post-game show, Blacked Out. Uh, in between games of the doubleheader today uh, against the Chicago Cubs. Um, seven inning doubleheaders. Uh, this one was relatively um, relatively smooth sailing as far as these as baseball games go. Cardinals won. I think it ended up what it ended up nine to three or so. Um, to, yeah, nine to three. Um, gave up a run in the last two runs in the last inning. Uh, Cubs had two hits total. Lead off home run and the home run in uh, bottom of the seventh. Uh, nothing too concerning there. Uh, Jack Flaherty started out the game for the Cardinals. You have to lead up lead off home run to Hap, and then kind of struggled a little bit through uh, less than two innings of work. So a couple of walks, just the one hit, three strikeouts. So that overall looks okay. But he was definitely going to be on a pitch count. We've seen that consistently, um, pretty consistently seen the pitch count among, with starters at least, um, and honestly even relievers from from Schilt since the Cardinals restarted. Uh, I think Flaherty, I want to say he got up to like 45 pitches in less than two innings. Um, so, you know, see how it goes willing to give him a break so how do I feel about Austin Gomber um you know I think he's okay uh I don't know I think at best Gomber's probably like a number four number five in a short season you know he he was hurt most of last year I believe um short season I probably the role he's in right now is probably perfect for him um sorry if my camera's slipping guys let me see if I can get this to stay somehow um I'm doing good. Uh, good to see a win. I'm gonna keep this. Uh, I'm gonna keep my Schilt commentary out of this. Uh, I've disagreed with some things lately, but you know, all things considered, you did okay. We just really burned Gant today of the relievers for the second game. Um, I guess you know maybe we thought we were gonna lose a lead there. I um, mean, you definitely don't want to blow two leads. So yeah, you trust him more than than Webb and Genesis. Uh, Austin Gomber, yeah, I think he's my problem with Gomber is just that since he was hurt last year. Um, I'm trying to pull up how to see if he threw it all last year. My issue with Gomber is just that I think the stuff's fine. Like, it's not great. I think it plays better together. So I don't know that he's, like, ideally suited for a relief role. He's not, like, the, the lucky that's going to come in with a big slider. Um, he's got a big curveball, but I think, you know, his curveball is equally effective um, against righties and lefties. He doesn't have, like, a repertoire specifically to get lefties out. So the three batter minimum probably actually helps him because he's, he's, you know, equally good either either way. Um, but yeah, last year he only threw, um, I guess it was about 50 innings across three levels. Um, the last of it was in triple a, he did well. He had a, you know, 2.98 ERA, uh, four FIP, which, um, in the run environment, the triple a saw last year is basically, um, you know, I guess kind of forced the new three in triple a. So he did pretty well there. Um, so far so good. I mean, he looked good in the spring, gives up a lot of fly balls, which is a little scary. Um, especially, you know, given the juice ball, kind of all this, all the stuff we've seen developing uh, in baseball the last few years. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's ideally suited um, to last super long um, if, he, if he can't keep the ball in the park. But, you know, what we've seen for the most part so far is that he's been, um, been okay. So back to today's game. So my, Matt Carpenter, I saw, um, tweeted, uh, Wong and Edmund really bounced back. You okay with them being 1-2 going forward? I think... Yeah, so Wong had a great game. Uh, I don't remember what Edmund did, um, but Wong I think was four for or three for three with a walk, uh, so he got on base 
or sorry, two for two with a walk. So I guess he scored four runs. So did he get hit the other time? Maybe. Um, yeah, he needed a bounce back game. He had been struggling a little bit for a while. Um, Edmund, yeah, three for four, two RBI. Another guy that had been struggling. I think you know the the whole offense has started out slow. I mean, I'm looking at the box score right now, and you have uh, Colton Wong. Even after this game, was a 690 OPS. Uh, Edmund 641, Carpenter 661, and those three guys all had good games. You know, they they just raised um, the OPS a little bit, and that's that's the top half of your lineup. It's you know half of them. Um, they need him to pick it up. I think Wong probably will. Um, I think Edmund long term is probably you know he's going to rely on batting average to get on base, which I don't love at the top of the order. Um, I'd rather have a guy that you know is going to work some walks more than more than Edmund. Seems like he's going to at least um, just to kind of give a little bit of a cushion because um, we've seen and you know we've seen it with Carlson, we've seen it with with Edmund guys that are that have to they rely on batting average and not and don't have the power. The guys that rely on batting average to get on base, um, there can be some volatility, especially in short samples. And when you're trying to for for this offense, when you're really trying to get something going, um, it just yeah it. You need guys on base, and if that's going to be a walk, that that's going to be a walk. I would have the way Fowler started. I wouldn't mind seeing him back up uh, towards the top of the order just to try to kickstart something if they need it. Obviously, that's not you know huge concern today after scoring nine runs. So hopefully, they can keep that going. But Fowler's the guy that you know for his whole career he's walked at least you know ten percent of the time. Even when he's down, he's going to get on base pretty often. Um, whereas Tommy Edmund right now with the batting average down. Um, he his on base percentage is only so he's hitting. I think this was maybe entering today, um, two twenty two. No, this is through the game actually. So even now he's hitting two twenty two with a two eighty six on base percentage. So that's the two eighty six on base percentage is the killer because Paul Goldschmidt has a nine ninety five OPS. Paul Goldschmidt's hitting three sixty six. We you traded for Paul Goldschmidt last year to get the middle of the order anchor. Now he didn't really hit like it for most of last year. He's picked it up in the second half, Uh, but now he's hitting like it and nobody's on base for him. Uh, Obviously I think Wong's going to get better. Um, I think Edmund will pick up a little bit, but it's important, you know, to get opportunities that you can capitalize uh, when Goldschmidt comes up and when Goldschmidt's hot. What time's next game? I think they say it starts in an hour. Um, on the MLB app, it just says game two. So I would assume if it's been like the other doubleheaders um, that there's not a set time and it's just an hour after the first game finishes, which, I mean, it's kind of crazy. But, uh, you know, it seemed like I was talking to my roommates the other day and the first couple, you know, the doubleheader the Cardinals played against the White Sox and the few other doubleheaders I think that I've seen, the games fly seem like they fly by. Um, you know, the Cardinals, I think, against the White Sox, the game was done in like two hours. Uh, we had a marathon last night. Uh, obviously, that was a nine-inning game, uh, but it took over four hours start to finish. Um, and then today, a seven-inning game started at, you know, one fifteen and ended at 4.15. Um, that's a crazy slow game in both cases. And yesterday's game wasn't even because there was a lot of offense. This game, at least you could kind of point to, um, you know, the Cardinals had a little more offense than normal. They scored, you know, in three to diff- four different innings. Cubs scored in two different innings, even though they only had two hits. Like, there was at least kind of some traffic on the base paths. Um, there were long, but it's just slow. And, you know, yesterday, Ponce de Leon starting, he's a slow, he's a slow starter. Um, he doesn't get a lot of whiffs. It's hard for him to put away guys, so it leads to a lot of long at bats. 
And then the longer at bats, you have guys thinking a little harder about what they're going to throw. You have the, you know, the hitters taking a little more time. Um, but it's been, you know, we've seen two games, one of them that was short, and it's still been seven hours of baseball. So you hear about the pace of play. Um, I on the I was watching the Cubs broadcast because I'm up here in Chicago, um, and they said there were five or six mid inning pitching changes. Uh, and it, that's just something that you know when we talk about pace of play is a killer, um, especially in in games uh, that aren't particularly close. Um, what do I think about Brad Miller's heroics? Kind of reminds you of Hazel Baker. Uh, so the thing about Brad Miller, and I'm glad you asked, is that Brad Miller has actually been good before. Um, so he's not this good, right? Um, but this isn't unprecedented territory for him to kind of be pulling some, you know, pulling a streak together um, to be somebody that you can count on for some production. He's always been better um, against right-handed pitching. Um, you know, especially, you know, as a lefty, I think that kind of, for the most part, goes without saying. Um, but if you look at his line last year, and this was in, you know, this was a part-time role, so kind of similar to what he's in now. He had a 126 WRC+. plus. Um, it was mentioned on the Cubs broadcast that's similar to OPS but scaled um, so that 100 is average. So he was 25% above average. You go back to his days with the Mariners and Rays, and he was a little above average in most of those years. Um He's a guy that hits the ball pretty hard, exit velocity consistently averaging. Sorry, my phone keeps slipping. Um, exit velocity consistently averaging um, around 90, which is decent. It's better than average. Um, and he's got to be put in situations that he'll do well. Like you're not going to – he's not going to be a full-time starter that gets 30, you know, three out of every 10 plate appearances against a lefty, and he's not going to look good for a long time. Um, he has holes. There's a reason for most of his career, even though he's been pretty good, he only gets, you know, 400 at-bats a season, off, you know, oftentimes less. But he, when he's played, he showed that he has some pop. He strikes out a decent amount. We haven't seen that with the Cardinals yet. We probably will. Um, the more he plays, he's got, like, an average eye. Right now he's got, you know, he's got a 20% walk rate, which won't stick. Um, he has a 636 ISO, which won't stick. But to think that he couldn't be a guy who – puts up a, you know, a similar line to Paul DeYoung, I think is probably pretty, you know, probably what you can expect. So if you give DeYoung his, in a normal season, which obviously this isn't, um, but I think coming into the season, the plan was probably give DeYoung rest, you know, instead of having him hit 700 times, have him hit 550, give those other 150 a Miller. And every time that DeYoung sits, it would, he would sit against a right-handed pitcher. Um, that would have put Miller in great in a spot to succeed the whole season. Um, it would have kept Young fresh, which we saw him. Um, you know, we saw him tail off last year, but really he he was only good uh, in April and part of May. So I don't know that I would necessarily call it tailing off um, as much as just coming back down to earth. But it's you know he's a good fit for this roster. I thought um, you know it, it's been good to see him get a chance. Obviously, it sucks that it came because of COVID. Um, but it's good to see, you know, one of those kind of under the radar signings uh, working out. Um, first thing it was, it seems like it does pretty often, um, but we run a little dry lately, particularly uh, looking at relievers. But it's good to see it work. You know, it, somebody's got to keep the offense float. So if it's Brad Miller for a couple of weeks, then that's fine. Um, interested to see when they post the lineup for game two. I know I saw a quote about Molina wanting to come back already. Um, I don't even know if he's technically cleared. Um, I guess I would assume he probably is. Um, let me see if they've released that yet. It does not look like it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who comes out. I think Johan 
Oviedo, uh, if I hope I didn't butcher his name, uh, is I think getting the start in game two. He's a guy, uh, if you follow Kyle Reese, you've heard a little bit about him. Uh, he's, I think, been in the dirty 35 pretty consistently um, over the last couple of years. If I remember right, uh, the fastball is usually hard, but he has uh, a little bit of kind of a pretty wide range of, you know, where he's coming in at. So, like, some days he'll, he'll show up in the low 90s. Some days he'll, it'll be, you know, up in the upper 90s. Uh, so we'll see where his arm's at. You know, Schilt said that he's – the guy most ready to go uh, to go deeper into a game. So hopefully we see the Oviedo with uh, with higher velocity. I don't really know what he has off speed stuff wise. Um, I think control. I would guess if I'm remembering right is kind of uh, spotty from Kyle's reports. Um, Kyle, if I'm butchering your reports, very sorry. Um, it's he is not a guy that I expected to have to be familiar with coming into coming into today. Um, I think we just saw the report this morning that he was coming up. But, yeah, so a 22-year-old, he's big, 6'6", 210, according to Fangraphs. Uh, they have him kind of his average. He threw um, 100-some innings in A last year uh, and had a 5.65 ERA, which isn't great. Um, but, you know, I think the stuff seems like, if at least if you ask Kyle, I think the stuff's there that he could – string together an okay game obviously he's getting thrown in the fire probably before he's ready we're seeing that with a ton of these guys uh we saw a guy named meising uh, meisinger i think or something like that pitch you have chris matt uh ricardo sanchez i'd never heard of him Roel ramirez i'd never heard of him um jesus cruz never heard of him we're throwing out guys that you know you're, you're playing a lot of games and not a lot of days uh you're gonna you're throwing guys into the fire. And so hopefully uh, with, with Oviedo, he, um, you know, is able to kind of take advantage of that showcase a little bit. Um, the Cubs broadcast apparently thought the Cardinals are pretty high on him. I don't know. Um, you know, he doesn't really show up to, to my knowledge on many prospect lists. Um, so I don't, you know, take that for what it's worth. Again, I think we'll pull up the fan graphs report now because he was listed in there and they probably have a better, um, better sense. So they had him, let's see, they had Oviedo rated as the Cardinals 12th best prospect. Let's see what they said about his stuff. Um, looks the part of a mid rotation starter, um, throws hard flashes an above average curveball and above average changeup. Um, like I said, kind of at the beginning, they're all present intermittently. So sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not, uh, Issues throwing strikes. Um, seems like they're kind of projecting him to potentially end up as a reliever. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It's This is a good spot. It's a good spot as any um, to take advantage of and hopefully uh, hopefully get off to a good start. Uh, it'll Like I said, I'm, I wish they would post the lineup, but I guess they probably don't know yet. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, who – is playing Schilt, it seems like, and Kyle pointed this out uh, in a message to me um, a few days ago. It seems like Schilt kind of has a cadence with these double headers where you kind of you know, focus more on the veterans in game one and the new guys in game two, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, I think we should see Kisner, especially since Weeder caught the first game, um, but it'll be interesting to see who else is kind of scattered around the diamond, who gets to play, um, you know, we need guys to start 
you know, there's there's some new guys getting a chance, whether that's out of the bullpen, whether that's Kisner taking, you know, getting a chance um, to get a full game's worth or so of at bats, uh, whether that's Schrock playing. You know, I hope Schrock doesn't play this game in Colton Wong's place the way Wong is seeing the ball in his first game. But, you know, it, that would be a move that, like, would kind of make sense based on what um, we've seen in the doubleheader so far. Um, a lot of baseball for a lot of guys. So, I'm going to sign off here. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, looks like, you know, we'll, again, a game probably starting, game two probably starting in about a half hour, 45 minutes maybe. Um, hopefully the Cardinals can stay on track, get back above 500. Um, six and six game, you know, entered the day five and six. Would like to end the day seven and six. Uh, and, you know, see if we can start chipping away. Um, at the rest of honestly just chipping away at the rest of the season getting games and half the teams make the playoffs I think if the Cardinals play 55 games um, they'll you know they'll be in the top half of the league obviously that's going to be tougher um, when you're throwing out the whole you know everything in the kitchen sink um, just to just to field a team but uh you know 16 teams make the playoffs uh, the division's pretty weak uh, you get to play Pittsburgh a bunch you should get to play the Tigers more um kansas city so we'll see how it goes but again appreciate you guys tuning in uh and we um you know we'll see you maybe after game two